0: You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode thirty-three, Barappa Lorch. Chicago, a criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against
1: Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon.
0: This is the Savage Fincast, coming to you live from the center of the earth. I am Jim Purcell.
1: I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez.
0: And we are back again for another fantastic episode of the Savage Fincast. I'm glad you could come aboard. <laughs> Before we begin, uh let's talk a little bit about our week or our month. Uh Raven, what's been up with you? Ah, oh, jeez.
2: You know, for the month, not a whole hell of a lot. I guess uh You know, we won't get into gaming too much because I know it sends Craig up a wall. But
0: I I was going to get into gaming.
1: Oh, (laughs) It's fine. I won't have anything to add to it besides... uh... (laughs) Did did you get Mm -hmm. your code, Raven? No! I feel like, got to tell you, I feel
2: like as a webcomic artist, uh, I feel like the last guy to lose his virginity. Because everyone around me is getting uh, from their readers, um, their readers are sending them Smash Brothers download codes. And i like the last kid on the street. I I never did get one. The demo's out today for everyone. So I never did get it. I don't Uh, even know what you guys are talking about.
0: Super Smash Brothers for 3DS.
2: (laughs) See, Jim, I mean, Craig, what it is, and for the listeners who may not know, um, Nintendo has their fighting game. It's the Nintendo game with every single one of their characters in it. You've got Mario, Link, The Pokemon characters, uh, Zelda, you know, uh, Animal Crossing, Metroid. They put all their eggs in this one basket.
0: All the franchises you know nothing about.
2: Yeah, 40, 40 characters in this fighting game.
0: 42, like... If, if the secret characters are all real.
2: Well, they also, they they bring in characters from other companies because it's such a big deal, like Pac-Man. Right, they, got,
0: they got Pac-Man and Sonic and uh, Mega Man.
2: So, yeah, mm. so it's enormous. It's a huge deal to have all these characters in one game. They don't come out all the time. They come out maybe every, like, five years or something. Five
0: or six, yeah. So that's about right. This is the fourth rare. game and this has been coming out since, like, 1999.
2: Yeah, so very rare do they come out. So, it's a huge deal. And what uh, me and Jim are referring to, very bitter am I, is uh, Nintendo gave out special codes for certain club Nintendo members. For game demos. For game demos, Uh. yeah. And so these cats could play the game before anyone else and obviously the idea was to build hype and as as a webcomic artist you know, these people are plugged into thousands of readers and everyone around me was getting these codes and I never did get one. I'm so
1: hurt.
0: I, I got a code. Did you? I had a good I had I had an internet friend who threw up his codes on a on a forum and oh. he said first come first serve and I managed to get it in first. Oh. Yeah, so I've been playing it for a week and it is rad as hell, especially on the 3DS.
2: I am so which jealous. I'm
0: surprised about. I thought the control scheme would be really awkward compared to like a game uh, a, a proper controller, but it's been great. Oh. A lot of fun.
2: I'm so jealous. You have green-eyed monster over here. I hate so. you. This thing has is over.
0: <laughs> Mega Man's not as good as I thought he'd be.
2: <laughs> well, if that's the worst thing that happens to us today, we're going to be okay. Yeah. How's Pac-Man?
0: Uh, I No, it's only, there's only five characters, and it's Mario, Link, Pikachu, Villager, and Mega Man.
2: <sighs>
0: I'm jealous. Which wasn't a bad, a bad mix, but yeah.
2: I just want to cry.
0: Well, the full game will be out in a month. Can't wait for that. The demo really put me over the top to definitely get it on launch day.
2: Right on. I was a day one launch, like purchaser anyway. Like I said, yeah. these are a big. It's a big event. To put it's it in deal. terms, if you don't know what it's like, it's got the same impact as like the first three Halo games. Like. When they hit, like there were midnight like releases and lines and people sleeping, you know, on the streets to get their copy first. It's this that. will
0: be a this will be a million seller for Nintendo. It's a big deal for Nintendo. It's already sold a
2: million the first week in Japan.
0: Yep, it's huge.
1: I like how you're like, if you don't know what it's like, it's like Halo. Yeah, it's I don't like even know what Halo game. is like.
0: <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna like say like some <laughs> Savage Dragon issue.
1: Oh, well, do if you don't know. what It's to... like it's like another video game you never played. <laughs> Let me see. If you don't like, if you don't know what it's like, it's
2: like. It's like multiversity, okay? It's like that Nicki Minaj video. <laughs> Remember how that, when that hit, everybody had seen it and had an opinion on it? And
0: <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, I don't know. Music. Oh, no.
2: With the butt?
0: Uh, I also don't like music videos with butts. <laughs> what? I'm not a butt guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, huh? I'm dumbfounded. It's like you just told me you hate bacon. Uh, <laughs> do you hate bacon?
0: I do like bacon. Okay. And, and most pig parts.
2: I was scared for a minute. <laughs> uh, well, Craig, I'm sorry.
0: That's me in Raven's week. How are you, Craig?
1: <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know. I, I feel like such an old person. I didn't know anything you guys are talking about there. but. Well, now how was your vacation?
0: Oh, you know, I can vacation. talk comics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well vacation was good now, this ties into comics oh, right. uh, as you guys know i wasn't around for the last episode which by the way you guys killed it it's uh Shh. it's kind of nice to uh listen to actually listen yeah one time you know i really enjoy doing this but to be able to sit down and, and not know what's gonna be said or anything like that it's it's kind of a fun experience um so that was cool. Raven, do I really sound like the way you made me sound? I sound like a dopey John Lennon? Uh,
0: no, <laughs> that's just how Raven sounds when he does impressions.
1: <laughs> My impressions
2: are uh, almost always horrible and inaccurate.
1: Oh, man, I was cracking up when I heard that. <laughs> and now I also know how listeners feel when we screw up, like, characters' names or, like... Oh, yes, that guy? When you yell at it. Yell at I was screen. yelling back at you guys, but you didn't hear me.
2: We we needed you. We called out for you. <laughs>
1: It made me feel all warm.
0: And he and fuzzy. looked down and said, No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good watchman.
1: But yeah, I went up to, I went up to Montreal and uh, I stopped by one of my favorite stores of all time. We end up going there maybe every couple years. And uh, we always stop by the Drawn and Quarterly store in Montreal, which is one of the coolest comic book stores. It's all like. Oh,
0: what, what do they have their own storefront?
1: Yeah, they have their own store. It's been there for a long time now. Um, and they put, they have all their books in there and they have like a lot of books like Fantagraphics and like those type of books, a lot of, in, uh, underground comics and all that. And it's just a really cool store. It's got like every type of underground comic you'd want.
0: So they don't just do drawn and quarterly?
1: Not just, yep. They, they don't but, it's do a,
0: just... but it's all like indie.
1: Yeah, it's all indie. Yep. Oh, beautiful.
0: So, yeah, it's
1: awesome. I, uh, I ended up <laughs> buying two Fantagraphic books actually, not drawn and quarterly, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that they had, like, hardcovers out for the EC library that are, like, really well done, like, design-wise.
0: I thought Dark Horse did those.
1: No, I I don't know. I mean, it's the first I've seen these hardcovers, and they're all, like, um, I don't know. They have, like, seven or eight of them out, and they're all per, like, artist or or cartoonist or whatever. I got – Corpse on the Imjin, which is by Harvey Kurtzman, which is all of his war comics, like right. two-fisted tales and stuff. And nice. his his stuff's just mind blowing. His art is incredible. And his stories at the time, they weren't just like um I don't know, like uh patriotic stories or anything like that, or propaganda type stories. They were more like, you know, war sucks and, you know, people <laughs> get hurt and like they were just more based in reality. Like you saw like you know, North Koreans and, and how they suffered losses and stuff in these little, like, tales. And the tales only, like, 10, 10 pages long or so, and, and they're, they're just awesome.
2: Wow, it's surprisingly mature. I didn't actually know that Kurtzman did that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he served in the Army, too, so he had a background in that. But his, just the artwork alone is worth, you know, the, the price of the book. It's just amazing. And then uh, I got uh, Taint the Meat. It's the humanity. <laughs> nice. And that that's by Jack all Jack Davis's kind of EC crypt keeper type stuff, which is pretty cool. But yeah, definitely check those things out on Amazon or your you know local funny bookstore. They're really well put together. The, the design of the hardcovers are amazing.
2: When I saw that you had put up a picture, I had no idea. You know, I don't like the Facebook creep because I like to talk to people, and I knew yeah. we were going to talk about your vacation on. Uh, the Fincast, but mm. I wanted when I saw the poutine or whatever they call it, I was like, <laughs> oh, he's in Canada,
1: okay. Yeah, I got
2: a Canadian buddy that is a hardcore poutine pimp
1: or whatever. i have no, poutine. I yeah. <laughs> like saying poutine. Just uh, yeah, <laughs> just poutine. I'm uh,
0: I'm from upstate New York, and uh, poutine's a staple food there too. Really? Yeah. 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 French fries, we, cheese curds, just, and yeah, grape. we we got a cheese. Where I lived, we had, cheese, we had a cheese factory close by, so cheese curd was a, a major delicacy.
2: Got to understand, for me, mid, mid-America Mid here, I'm like, what well, is this bizarre concoction?
0: That is, you can get it at McDonald's, you can, you can get it everywhere. It's, you, can make, it's like, you can make poutine without cheese curd. I mean, it's just fries and gravy. Wait yeah, a it's minute. not the same, That's though.
2: not at McDonald's here, is it?
0: Uh, no. No, 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 no. he Canada. means in Canada.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: Where they have the access.
2: Okay, okay.
0: But yeah, it's like everywhere there. They, and all this
1: have, fast
0: food. McDonald's has regional things all the time. I mean, I'm here in New England now, and they have a oh, uh, cre- they have a uh, they have the uh, lobster rolls.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a Mick lobster roll.
0: Pretty much, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Does it got like a clown made in it? Like, <laughs> I <would have> <laughs> what? It.
1: <laughs> uh. So yeah, that was about it for me, though.
2: Well, it sounds like it was a kick-ass vacay.
1: Yeah.
2: And yeah. now you're into the Smash.
1: You're gonna get pulled into this world. <laughs> so Jim, yes. did we cover you with the Smash Brothers, or well, you? Well, yeah. Else? Um,
0: I mean, if I want to bring it back to comics, uh, I'm reading this really interesting—well, interesting—called uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure.
2: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, I've got. I picked up the first volume of the uh, Phantom Blood arc. Uh, see with. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, of course, is a manga that's been running since 1986. Um, back during like the er- the early 2000s, they tried to bring it to America by jumping ahead. See the way what it is is a, is a multi generational story about vampire
2: hunters. So, Savage Dragon fans take note. I often say that Jojo is one of the only comics I can think of with that kind of generational thing that Dragon that's true.
0: has. That's very true. I, I can see the appeal there. Um, although they do it via time jumps and not really um, natural,
2: progress, natural progression. Natural yeah.
0: progression. Generally, they'll they'll tell this big story arc, and then when they end it, they'll jump ahead to the next generation. But it's
2: and, sons and fathers.
0: But it is sons and fathers. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I just got started reading it. I'm reading it from the beginning because when they tried to bring it over initially, they jumped ahead to like the third story arc to so the third generation. They skipped the first two because it had more mass appeal, but it didn't really take. It wasn't until last year when the anime came out, the anime adaption, that it really became a thing in the in the U.S. manga culture. So now they're going back and releasing all the first, you know, story arcs. Cool. So nice. I'm going back and starting from the beginning. The art's really cool. Um, if you know what Fist of the North Star looks like, it it looks a lot like that.
2: It's very of beautiful of... art if you
0: don't. Yeah, like really, (laughs) really buff guys basically beating the shit out of each other. Super
1: cross-hatched. I used to have a Fist of the North Star NES game.
0: Yeah. All right, all
1: right. (laughs) Just to tie it back in a video game. It's all comes
0: back together, yeah. Um, Yeah, this is definitely uh, artistically derived from that style of hyper-masculine. Masculinity.
2: whenever people are like, it all looks the same, I just whip out the fist of the North Star or JoJo and it's like, Does this Aspen. look like Sailor Moon to
1: you? Doesn't happen life? a lot. Oh People's yeah.
0: Anime anime all looks the same, yes. Most yeah. definitely. And like any pop culture, it's there's a there's a baseline that everyone thinks that this is what it looks like, but
2: Jojo so. Jojo, just so you know, Craig, has uh an art style that's hyper realistic. Uh, there's tons of cross hatching. Everyone has yeah. small eyes and small noses and small I mean it's all like normal looking people's faces unlike you know a lot of like manga where they have giant eyes, and, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah super yeah. tiny noses. but like uh, you know like Jim said, everybody's super buff. That's the you know concept- it would it, I see like it actually should have super good appeal here in America, you'd think with like yeah. the comic the superhero crowd.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, it, it, I think everyone who was a fan previously knew that there was a hook there for the for an audience, but it just took forever to actually penetrate the, the culture.
2: These guys and basically are like X-Men. I mean, they have, like, all these different abilities. Yeah. And so it's like you might have a guy that has, like, a gun, and he can shoot a bullet, and then the bullet can be controlled any way he wants after it leaves the gun, like, with his mind. Or then you might also have a guy that, like you know he can control shadows and so like if you're in the shadow or whatever you know you're completely in his grasp if you can get to where there's not any shadows like he's you know not really a good fight very x-men-esque like all kinds of really off-the-wall superpowers
0: exactly and uh, although i think a lot of those superpowers only sort of came about during like that third story arc the um uh, what's it called uh stardust crusaders right yeah, that that that's the uh, that's the third that's the third arc that was released back in the early two thousands when they tried to, you know, popularize it initially. Um, the actual first two arcs are a lot different. Okay. That's why they took so long to come out here. Is that the, the the it's actually more like in many respects more like Castlevania.
2: Oh, okay.
0: With, with your Simon Belmont character, basically fighting this guy called Dio, who's like a king of vampires. Dio yeah Dio oh that's the other thing about the, the manga Ride there the are tiger. a shit ton of music references yeah. you... every character is like named after a musician
2: so Craig you're absolutely right actually
0: it is that yes. Dio yeah so yeah it's pretty cool it's fun as hell goofy goofy distractions you get this love digitally it. Yeah, uh, there was a copy on Comixology. No, actually, no, uh, it is, but I picked it up on Kindle instead because it was three bucks cheaper. Sweet.
1: Yeah. Cute.
0: So, anyway, that's my comics for the week. That's what I was doing. Nice. Sweet. Smashing we... JoJo. Things couldn't be better. <laughs> so, uh, we should probably get on to Eric Larson news. Let's do it. Um, first bit of news uh, we've got some final details on the dart statue which we've been talking about for a while. We, we brought up a couple times. Uh, the September previews catalog had a full-page ad and order information for the statue. Uh, of course, is made by C.S. Moore Studios, the guys who did the original Dragon Bust and the She-Dragon statue. Um, the solicitation says, Image Comics and the C.S. Moore Studio proudly present from the pages of Savage Dragon Eric Larson's femme fatale dart magnificently sculpted by the master of the female form, Clayburn Moore. Uh, this stunningly, stunningly dynamic sculpture portrays Dart in a full battle pose. God's sword in hand, swinging to strike with her explosive darts while one foot r- rests on the head of a defeated foe. Uh, this one is not to be missed. Um, if you, of course, the, 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 suggested the suggested retail price for this will be $219, which is a lot. <laughs> I don't know how much statues go for those day, these days.
1: But it's a beautiful yeah. statue, to be fair. It is. I'm not a statue person, but you know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that collect them, but they are pretty pricey.
0: They are, but of course, I think they're pretty heavy and large.
1: Yeah, and, I think Claiborne Morstorf is
2: like the real deal. Like, I think yeah. it's like really good material. It's not like just some plastic crap.
0: Right. Um, apparently, it'll be out um, in February of 2015. And if you want to order it, it's uh, item code SCP-142309.
1: Nice. Yeah, that, that full page ad in previews is pretty cool too, and yeah. it talks about her foot resting on the head of a defeated foe. It's actually firepower. Fire yeah, yeah, a few issues back when she uh, took over the vicious circle from him, and on the sculpture, he's got the two darts stuck in his eyes that exploded. Like it, it's pretty cool looking. It is, it is a nice,
0: awesome it's a nice touch. little Nice little touch, yeah.
2: I love the uh, I love the fact that that was in there. You know. Kind of like how the Glum was next to the She-Dragon. Yeah, yeah. You can always count on those uh, Clayburn Moore to bring it.
0: You you definitely get the sense that they're a fan.
2: Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, I guess the other piece of news is that Larson is writing screenplays. And this is actually super awesome news just because, uh, you know, we know what this means. It's the dragon movie. But uh, September 9th, a day that shall forever be... Living Infamy. Larson announced on Twitter that he'd completed a screenplay for Savage Dragon, the movie. Eric stated, This is the first step, but it's an important one. Now, I sorry. Is he like drunk? <laughs> Drunken Larson? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was going to go for some kind of like impression, but I realized it was completely dodgy and like fell wow. apart. <laughs> Let's take two on that one. But you'd leave it in. I don't even care.
1: Leave it in. That's
2: great. <laughs> He said, Drunken Larson stated. Drunken Larson slammed his vodka bottle down and proclaimed. Now, he said, This is a first step, and it's an important one. Larson added, In terms of a movie becoming a reality, it's far from that. Many people write screenplays, few get turned into movies. My expectations are realistic, I think. The chance of it becoming a reality is slim, but it's an exercise. I wanted to do it. And uh, again, on September 16th, not long after, uh, Larson took to Twitter again to announce that he completed a second screenplay, stating that, uh, I just finished writing my second screenplay, it's like nothing I've ever written, it's a romantic comedy, no further details were released, however, we are currently speculating that that will star,
0: Dying Flash
2: Mercury, and Powerhouse. <laughs>
1: Gonna be a wor- I love how, like, all of a sudden he just bangs out two screenplays. Well, know, like, no
0: I'm sure he's been working on both <laughs> tandem for a long time. Yeah.
1: You know, having put the Scooby-Doo
2: story to bed after all these years, it's he's got some, uh, there's no longer a, uh, a ghost, an albatross around his neck, so he had to get some new albatrosses. I wondered what the new thing we were going to sit around wondering about was going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, um... The the Savage Dragon movie script is definitely very exciting news. Oh yeah. The fact that something exists that you can shop around is very helps the cause a lot. Right. right.
2: Also, I mean, I feel like um if you've been paying attention, you had seen slowly his interest in that growing anyway, because on Facebook, I forget what movie he said he was watching. I want to say it was like John Carter or Mars. But right. he, he was like when he said he saw the CG on that, he was like, Okay,
0: you We've know. arrived.
2: Yeah, that's what he said. I, I, I want to say that he was like, all right, the CG guy is next to the real guy, and you can't really tell a difference. Now's the
1: time. And I was like – Well, that's cool. I actually
0: thought we were there five years ago, but
1: – I think it's a, it's a good time for him to put this out too, honestly. Right, I so mean here, think about
0: – Weird superhero movies that? are getting big right now.
1: Superhero movies are huge now. All the Marvel properties are locked up. You're, right. No one's going to be able to get a Marvel either. You know, Marvel owns it or Sony or Fox. That's
0: a, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Marvel is definitely the most successful line of comic movies, and they are all locked up.
1: And then DC is all you know Warner.
0: They're all locked up at Warner, and they're doing a horrible job. But
1: and then what other like long-running comic like superhero comics are there? Well, out there. I mean, you got you, you do have them out there, but I'm saying of like the top ta- you know, Hellboy already has a movie out, you know. Yeah.
0: Hellboy 3 it? has been in development hell for years. Oh yeah, it's yeah. mired in all kinds of BS. Yeah, we're going to see Pacific Rim 2 long before we see that.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, think about like big superhero like stuff that's still going. Spawn had a movie already.
0: Yeah, well, that was know? ages ago. That doesn't even count. That's that's like that's like the pre- the, the 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 prehistory of successful superhero movies. Like yeah, the Blade. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just, just saying, it kicked it all off.
1: If you're looking for, you know, kind of an independent superhero that's not locked up at a studio, you know, dragons up there. I will I would say think.
0: some recent indie comic films have kind of tanked, like uh, Sin City: Dame to Kill for that tanked.
1: I saw that tanking a mile away, though. Yeah. I mean, I think it ran its course. I think you know, it, it had, you know. When I watched it, I thought it was great from, from an artistic point of view. I don't necessarily want, I didn't really want to see any more after that, though. Right. I was like, yeah, it was good. And then they did um, The Spirit, which is very similar.
0: And right. it's like, you that just kind of. That one was trash.
1: Yeah, it just kind of, all right, we've seen this done before now. You know, I don't really need to see it again. I've read the comics, I know those other stories. I had no interest. And I think a lot of people felt the same way. And I think a lot of people that don't even like comics or Sin City or anything like that. Probably didn't even get the first one, really, and what they were trying to do with it.
0: I'm trying to think of some recent indie comic movies. I just, I I would agree
2: with like uh, Craig. I think that if you want a superhero who is not one of the big two corporate comic heroes, honest to God, you couldn't probably do better than Savage Dragon. I mean, he is one of the like few triple digit. Issue characters out there. Like, who else? I mean, I can't even like think. Like,
1: Invincible, maybe? Or... Yeah. Oh,
0: Invincible needs a movie.
2: Invincible needs a movie, but honest to goodness, I can't. It's not in... that
1: much different than, like, a Superman.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to drive home. I think when you're talking about super powered cop versus super powered criminals, you've got a formula for a movie franchise that is going to be different thematically than anything else. I know that we had the little thing on the uh, forum. About R rating versus PG
0: thirteen. Right, Eric is convinced that Dragon's a PG thirteen property. Uh, I'm not convinced. But Me uh, either. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt.
2: I think creative PG thirteen is not the same as an R rating. It gets an R for violence in my book, if nothing else.
0: Yeah. Right,
1: and I think uh, you know on this episode we talked about saving a little bit of time to talk about you know, what we'd like to see in the movie. So why don't we, uh,
0: yeah, let's hold off on that. We'll uh, off and, we'll and come back to discuss that. It.
1: Yeah. Sounds good.
0: So we'll uh, get right straight into trivia then.
1: All right. Uh, we didn't do trivia last, uh, episode, but episode 31 before it, we did. And we, we were gonna, um, read the answer to that now and then get you a new trivia question. So from episode 31, our question was, uh, Name a cartoonist besides Eric Larson or Bruce Tim that participated in the Giant Size Kung Fu Bible Stories collection that also participated in Larson and Tim's other project, Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And the answer was Tom Scioli and uh, of, of Godland, uh, as you know, and American Barbarian and Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. Which is awesome. Yes, he's, he's, uh, he's really been a rising star this year and he deserves all of it. Um and so I'm just gonna read the people that responded because everyone responded with the correct answer. Uh we had uh Colin Murchison, uh Michelle Fife, uh Michael Bordwan, and Randall Ruther. And uh I used a random number generator and came up with our winner uh michelle Fife wins the brand new sealed fantastic four worlds greatest comic magazine hardcover collection so uh send me your contact information i probably know it but wherever you want me to send uh this collection uh michelle uh just uh let us know and we'll get it over to you and thanks for listening to like every single episode and Responding to all our trivias, it's always awesome to yes. hear from him.
2: Also, we will accept Van Down by the River. <laughs>
1: if that's, as that's way to deliver it? As
2: a way to, I mean, as to where he lives. <laughs> Just saying, there's no shame in it. Embrace
1: it.
0: Uh, so uh, That's kind of
1: messed up. Are you saying that he's, he's homeless?
0: Are you saying he's a bum? A drifter?
2: I'm just saying, you know, as, it's
1: fates, a book, uh, as fates go,
2: virginist. you can't do uh, you can't do that much. Where you could do worse. Van, living in a van down by the river. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Terrible. <okay>. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: Don't apologize to me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, Craig, what's Uh, what's our new question?
1: New question. All right. Uh, We'll be talking about this in a few minutes, but in Savage Dragon 198, uh, a troll discusses all of the different beings existing underneath the Earth's surface. Two of the groups he mentions are the Warring Lava lava Lords and the Magmonites. In what comic title did the Magmonites first appear? So if you know where they first appeared, which title... uh, Send your response to savagefincast at gmail.com, and we will sing your praises on the next episode. One winner will be chosen of all the correct entries, and will get their choice of either the digest-sized version of Savage Dragon 190, the Larson variant cover to Jersey Gods Number 5, or the Highbrow Universe Ashcan comic that came out, I believe, in the late 90s.
2: I feel like uh, I actually know that
1: one. <laughs> well, keep it to yourself. Of course so that's that uh write in <laughs>
0: yes please 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 write in yeah.
2: <laughs> we appreciate all the participation that we get it is
1: awesome uh, you know and even if uh just to add to that even if you don't feel like participating with in the trivia you know you want to talk about something or discuss something that we talked about on the episode write in anyway and we'll write your let we'll read your letter on air it's always uh I always get a lot of enjoyment you know, hearing that people are listening and, and have opinions about things we say. It's, it's pretty cool.
0: Like, comment, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube.
1: Are you going to give the address? or?
0: Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I think we figured out it was YouTube. Just find us on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com slash... Users.
1: <laughs> I think there's a link on it at... Uh, Savagefincast.com, right? Yes.
0: Um, I may have actually forgotten to link it.
1: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well,
2: the, we'll get there's a link on dragonfan.net as well, so we'll get
1: it to you somehow.
2: One way, okay. you know. We're going to get it to you.
0: <laughs> okay. So, Savage Dragon 198.
2: Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love This flashback.
0: Well, I love this cover. Well, I like it a lot.
2: (laughs) You don't love it though. You're not willing to drop the
1: L bomb. Yeah, Yeah, you were, but then you pulled back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yellow skies again. Oh, you know, I love that. It's always sunset in Chicago. Apparently, I love that that feedback
2: completely disregarded. It's like, eh, you know, yeah, there are a lot of yellow covers.
0: Fuck you. It's almost like uh, my complaint came well after the solicitation.
2: I like this cover a lot. It's got I, I the minute I saw it it had that drag me to hell vibe, I'm like, that's a winner.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh yeah, I like all the details in the hands. It's just, just...
2: <laughs> it's plenty of sweet blue sky action on the inside.
0: <laughs> look at that, look
2: at that splash page. Look at that blue
1: sky.
0: I kinda like this splat, this first page splash just because of how, you know, mundane it is.
1: And the first page splash for the listeners, when uh, it's what the it's uh, Malcolm and uh, Angel Angel meeting uh, up with Maxine, and I think it's Malcolm's first time in this right meeting Maxine.
0: Yes, it's their first uh, first meeting.
1: See, sparks flying, slow motion. And they, have, they already they kind of hit it off and have a, a good chemistry, as you can tell. You know, reading the first couple of pages, it's it's really well written. I think. Good character development.
0: I think it does add a lot to their relationship, and it shows that there was something there for as long as they've known each other.
1: It's pretty funny. At one point, they were like the same size. Yeah, <laughs> or like she even looks a little like taller
2: almost.
0: <laughs> I still prefer kid Malcolm <laughs> physically to adult Malcolm, a uh, teenage Malcolm.
2: Well, you've got your scrawny dragon in the form of old man dragon.
0: Yeah, it's like they switch places us.
2: <laughs> if he just starts wearing flannel,
1: you'll be set. Purple I'll flannel. I'll be set.
0: Bam. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's not wearing his purple flannel. In, in, no, it's, but it's still flannel.
1: He's rocking a purple backpack.
0: He is.
2: You can't wear a purple backpack with purple flannel. You look bizarre. This is good, though. I love the chemistry. I love their, you know, romance. It's great.
0: Um, They mentioned something about how um Angel met MJ back in kindergarten. I I recall someone mentioning that that actually happened on panel at some point
1: yeah yeah if uh, I forget what issue it is if you go on the the dragon wiki and you look it up you can find out what issue it is Uh, for the listener that's the savage dragon wiki just google it and you can look up every character and and yeah uh, Maxine's under her entry there's a link to the issue and yeah there's actually a panel and, and they're both like little like toddlers almost I think oh wow yeah that's cool it's pretty crazy yeah that's a, a nice it. little
0: touch it is a very nice little touch um i will say they also kind of bring up that really that creep factor um how maxine tells uh angel that that she'll keep her hands off of malcolm because angel has dibs
2: And <laughs> hey, you know they're not related come on i'm just saying i'm just saying
0: <laughs> uh, i always felt that was a little weird
2: <laughs> in a in a world where you've got shrink rays and space gods uh, you know your human morality <laughs> it flies out the window come on they've had experiences together
0: it, it would have made more sense if they had like forged a relationship before returning to you know the world mm-hmm. while they were in Dimension X mm-hmm. because then they wouldn't really know what's going on outside and
1: how do you know they didn't
0: well that's yeah well they were really young they were still like 12 <laughs> and 14 at the time
2: I'm saying eh. they went through some life or death situations I feel like there could be some bonding there
0: well most definitely at any rate
1: you... I like how this uh, this issue uh, introduces more of an Office of Chow kind of yeah, and you getting called to know.
0: This guy is definitely a, a, a character.
1: That lousy, that lousy jerk. That flat-top Magilla. <laughs> I do like how, though, you're starting to get more of a supporting cast, like a newer supporting cast. You're starting to to, to kind of uh, learn about these officers and stuff like that. Yeah. And Frank Junior being more involved as an officer now, it, it's it's pretty nice.
2: Yeah, I do actually. Um, I really, really like you know Frank Junior thing, and it's also too. It's funny, it's a subtle kind of plot thread, but they really reinforce it here. It seems kind of like Frank's uh, Frank's existence on the force is tied to Malcolm's, and uh, yeah,
0: I, I I never really picked up on that, but you're right.
1: Yeah, and Captain you
0: know Stewart's like kind of shady, huh? Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Frank working in a in a grocery store like five issues ago. He
2: was trying to raise that baby. He's a baby daddy.
0: So I actually completely missed the fact that he joined the force. Yeah, yep. a, so you're, yeah. So it's a really solid point if he's only on the force because of Malcolm, because he's Malcolm's handler.
1: That's it. Man. you got to imagine his father was a sergeant too, and that that helps. But, yeah, I mean, he's rather young. And so I guess Captain Stewart said he pulled some strings to get him on. So... He's kind of using that as his chip. Let me
2: just take a moment. Just a moment. I just want to really relish this. The bean.
0: Oh, yes, the bean.
2: I love that the bean is in this
1: issue. I, yeah, yeah, that's it's a cool touch.
0: A long time ago, there was a thread on the forum that asked what we'd like to see more of in Savage Dragon. And one of the things I asked for was to sh- make Chicago more of a city. More of a real city. Yeah. And I didn't really it, it's not that I wanted like significant details, but it always felt like generic city because you never really see anything Chicago about it. Right. But seeing the bean is one of those things that just, you know, helps show that this is a real city and there are things in it.
1: Yeah. And that's actually like a real photos
0: yeah that was something else i wanted to bring up this actually looks like he took a photo and ran it through a photoshop filter
1: or could have even
2: put it on a xerox it looks like yeah
0: yeah which is a little unfortunate but uh, i can see why he did it i'm i think it kind of looks cool yeah i'm okay
2: with it i'm i know that i'm like a really super big hypocrite because i hate uh the use of like google SketchUp and stuff for buildings i mean i really do hate it i hate that yeah
0: and there's been a lot of artists relying on it very recently but it's very very distracting when you realize what they're doing i
2: think the reason why i'm okay with it is because it looks like with the colorist and you know one of the reasons i want to pause and drop props on this is because just the uh coloring the use of the color on the city and stuff you know i don't know it's just excellent that's just an excellent shot yeah i really dig it i like the work that went into it if you've ever been to the bean or if you're ever in Chicago and you get to see the bean, do it. It's a landmark,
1: you know? Yeah. It's pretty fun, too, seeing your reflection in it.
2: It's weird. It shouldn't be fun, should
1: it? <laughs> it's, it's nice. Yeah. So I like I like this next scene in this comic, and it's the scene where, uh, for the listeners, you know, you open up to a double-page splash, and it's Malcolm punching out this troll, which we'll see later on. And, uh... He beats the crap out of the troll, and then he's, like, late for school. He throws the troll in the back of a paddy wagon and asks for a ride to school. He gets to school, and one of his classmates like, dude, you freaking reek, which I thought was hilarious. Like, (laughs) it just shows Malcolm, like, smelling his armpit
0: and being like, oh, crap,
1: I do, you know?
0: And then he turns into a giant and steps on the school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He totally, like, just he goes was he singing wrecking ball i love
2: yeah that That is hilarious he goes
1: home and takes a shower shows him singing wrecking ball and then kind of implies he just jumps back to school and he's got a new change of clothes and he showered up but i thought that was a good touch that is
2: hilarious gag the the whole like he stunk from fighting trolls
1: it's good it's good stuff it's like that's never been addressed in comics you figure you know all these guys are, like, battling villains and stuff. They must reek at the end of, like, a battle or something like that, you know? Plus, too, he's a teenager. And, I mean, not to be mean, my teenage bros,
2: but, you know, BO's a real deal at that age. <laughs> at that age, it's an awkward – it's a battle we all fought. And I'm just saying, you know, he's a teenager and he's fighting.
0: He's fighting. But you're right. This, this is a very inter- uh, cool sequence just to get a little slice of life of Malcolm. Yeah. To How he's trying to juggle this – uh helping the cops and going to school at the same time and the sort of troubles that he he gets into. Right, right. It's the kind, of, kind of thing you don't really see very often. And, he, and, and Eric does it in this, uh, what is this, 12-panel uh, grid? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy little panels. I love it.
0: I think it, it's probably a lot easier to do that many panels when you're twice up in it.
2: I'm oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he said something on uh, Facebook that just six panels
1: – so look this at is the size of his normal with the old sheet, right? His bing- old boards.
2: Right. So six of those panels would be the size of a normal issue. So you've got those other like six panels on the top and up the, down the side. That's like the all the extra space he has. So, yeah.
0: I actually didn't really notice it first time I read it, but there are a lot more pages with a lot more panels. So he's, he's definitely doing using the uh, twice up to its full advantage. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: It's good. The art in this one's good.
0: I'm, it is pretty good. I'm
2: part of the 2-Up crew. I'm down
1: with I it. think everybody is after seeing seeing these you know recent issues. How could you not be?
2: There's some hater out there. It's the internet. Somewhere somewhere there's a blog entry talking about it's irresponsible to draw 2-Up. <laughs> <laughs> it's that damn it's
1: internet. funny because it's true.
2: How dare he draw 2-Up? Doesn't he know there's... You'd Trees, the trees he's killing for some extra space.
1: There's some bullshit. <laughs> Someone out there hates it. So I, I thought it was pretty neat. You know, as we move along, there's, uh, you know, uh, Captain Stewart and Frank Junior looking at this giant hole in the ground, which apparently used to be those big flaming fire pits that you used to see in the the danger zone.
0: Right. Uh, With Kirby. Savage world.
1: Them. Yeah. And now they've kind of been extinguished, and, and now they're trying to, like... Now
0: you know. they're just hazards.
1: Well, Right, right.
2: Nicely enough, even Captain Stewart says that that was a uh, a pit that one of the Demonoids came out. We saw that in one of those flashbacks earlier.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
2: It was a double-page spread, and the Demonoids were coming out. That was where uh, Malcolm saw Rapture get killed, I'm pretty sure.
1: hmm Right. Okay. And then he was like, all right, Frank Jr., get your ass down in there. <laughs> It sure is risky you being on the force down in the hole, son.
0: Yeah, I have to say that wasn't one of Frank's smarter moves.
2: Captain Stewart irresponsible as hell there, too.
0: Yeah, and it's just the two of them, apparently.
1: <laughs> I like to, and, and then, you know, then you get the scene where this troll guy that Malcolm just knocked out is locked up and he's screaming at the cops and telling them all about the ant people and this Hole is pushing out everybody, all the other underground dwellers, which took me by surprise because he names he names all the people down in, in under the ground. He talks about trolls, ant people, lava lords, magmonites, What are uh, Grox? demonoids? Rocks are those those the, huge
0: uh, underground under, monsters. They're, that, the, they're the undersea ones. The Atlanteans use them.
1: Are they the big gray things?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon crawled did, out of uh, one's butt. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. okay. They dig tunnels through the Earth and connect, like, the underground seas, you know. I
0: remember correctly, the Atlantean was using them to t- tunnel holes all, all across the ocean so that he could, like, have a huge empire, but he was yeah. destabilizing the Earth's core.
2: Okay.
1: No. And so and also Mako talk-
0: bit his head off.
1: <laughs> they also talk about mole people, which I don't think we've seen
0: well, I think you can assume that if all these other things exist, mole people must exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a foregone conclusion.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch. I don't think we've seen them, but I don't think it's a stretch.
0: It's it this the fact that all these different creatures exist down there is just one of those interesting comic book things where you've got all these different comic books that all create all these unique underground dwelling creatures, and then you got your shared universe where they all these creatures have to somehow coexist. And so Dr- Eric's doing that thing for Savage Dragon, where he's got all these underground creatures, and so they're all trying to cohabitate and not doing very well.
2: I love, yeah. the, I love the idea, too, that the troll's like, hey, look, we don't want to be up here. We hate the surface.
0: We hate the place. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like kind of like there's a, this underground war, and they don't want to be on the surface. They kind of don't have a choice. So that's such a that's such a great little like twist on that, because so many times you see the underground people erupting up from the earth to conquer the surface. And it's just a nice little wrinkle that they kind of don't really want to be up there.
1: Right, right. Something's agitating them to come up to the surface.
0: Right. Poor misunderstood troll.
2: (laughs) Internet troll. You know, the potential is there. He should be on the internet at some point.
1: So there's another important scene that comes up in this book where uh, uh, Maxine basically has enough of her parents trying to set her up with Chinese uh, boyfriends and basically you know, runs away and leaves. Well, I guess she's, she's old enough to move
0: out. She's, she's in college what? now, right? That's right. She's 18. She's over 18.
2: I so love we... the yelling panel where like her hair's up and they're all on their heels.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. like total dagwood.
1: They're like, Whoa. <laughs> that's great. Blondie. So it looks like she's uh, sitting on uh, Malcolm's steps and is gonna try to move in with him, I guess.
0: Well, that's the pl- that's her that's her plan. She she puts on the, the she puts on the dramatic uh, scene and then uh, she's gonna go move in with Malcolm.
2: Oh, I'm so excited!
0: Yeah, but the we don't find well we find that out now. But we, things, things don't go as well as she hoped. I, I imagine.
2: You gotta say that's love. I mean, wasn't his wasn't a building thrown recently? Like that wasn't where Malcolm lived, was it?
0: No, it was a different building.
2: I'm just saying, like you know, being around him, you're probably gonna die.
0: Yeah.
1: How about this uh the double page spread on in this issue towards the back that's just malcolm falling through that hole and that's, it's just a bajillion freaking creatures so you see the the, the demonites and the ant people and the trolls and every, the lava people are the Valorant.
2: trolls the fucking guys that's yeah. the
0: money shot
2: that is the money shot that is the woof, that's awesome
0: yeah, the, yeah, you, yeah. The, all the guys with the horns, I, well, they, they might be the demonoids because he's No, the, no.
1: There's there's guys with the horns. Those are the demonoids. But if you right. look at the row above them, there's guys with like a winged helmet. Yeah, and stuff, the Vikings. Okay, yeah,
0: those are trolls. Yep. They're probably like from Godtown. They're probably like castoffs of some kind. I don't know. But, uh, but then you got your ant
1: people, and then at the very bottom you have all your lava lords. So awesome. There's
2: so much ass kicking going on, on this
1: page. I want to see like the, you know, this is a double page spread on twice up, so it's super huge double page spread of this. I just want to see what it looks like the original art. Car door.
0: I can't <laughs> I can't <laughs> let
2: go of the car door statement. Can you imagine just a car door full of art?
0: You, you know, know what I said it's the size of a car door.
2: Well,
1: a double page well, spread. got to imagine. Huh. I it's think like, you see the mole people in this, too. Yeah,
0: like, they're in a background scene. They're
1: way at the top, kind of.
0: They're definitely mole man looking.
2: Is they, they have, like, a dragon on their level. Like,
1: some kind of, like, red
2: dragon. Yeah, thing? yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
2: So, Because it looks like the ant people are spilling up from that most top layer. Then you got yeah. mole people with that little dragon. Then you got trolls, then demonoids, then lava lords, or magmites, it's or whatever. Pretty awesome. It's sick. It's
0: such an awesome visual. Oh, and Raven, you owe me, like, a Coke or something? Oh yeah? No, no, no ant. <laughs>
2: I know. Oh, wasn't it a steak dinner or something? <laughs> steak dinner. Did we make a steak dinner bet?
0: No, it was a gentleman's bet.
2: Gentleman's bet. All right. Well, I'll get you a Coke.
0: I could have got a million dollars.
2: What kind of street value on that Coke? You want pure virgin snow, or is it okay if there's a little yellow?
0: Although I suppose uh, we're not quite done with the encounter with the ant people yet. So. Hey. Um, Anything's possible. It
2: could still happen.
1: I'm holding that. My my favorite sound effect shows up in this issue.
0: Is it, is it barapalorch? Lorch?
1: Hell yeah, barapalorch. <laughs> One of the, the Lava Lords pukes. Volcano uh, lava. Lava,
2: <laughs> lava yeah. barfing volcano people. <laughs> I love Malcolm's super agility. I just you know, just bounce it around like a pinball, knocking the shit out of people.
1: Hits an ant and melts him. <laughs> just
2: just keeps going. Ah, oh, it's good
1: stuff. So Malcolm's just bouncing around and he finds Frank Junior. I don't know how Frank Junior survived th- this point, but the ants had intents
2: on him because they bound his wrists. So yeah, yeah. Luckily, Malcolm was... gives him the quick ticket out of there.
1: Yeah, he just tosses him up
2: yeah love neat. I love that fix uh, up you go.
1: <laughs> I definitely love and I think this is a Jim was kind of going to uh, referencing is when uh Maxine is calling uh calling him while he's like covered in ant people and he still manages to pick up his phone and talk to her What uh, she sit- what's that?
0: I was gonna say yeah she they get a little conversation in, but uh then uh the signal gets lost. And uh, Maxine, strong. I'm not, it ends on, well, it doesn't really, okay, the the, the the Maxine conversation sort of ends with her sitting sitting on his steps, and the look she gives her phone isn't really one of concern, it's just kind of one of, I don't know, I can't even describe it. All
1: I want to know is, I want to know what kind of cell phone service Malcolm has, because he's about 60 feet under the ground.
0: Yeah, it was a big hole. So maybe the satellite was passing over at that exact
1: moment. It's
0: a Samsung Galaxy.
2: Uh, it's got that good service.
0: But he loses, well, the fo- does the phone get destroyed or does he just lose lose signal?
2: He just loses signal, I'm pretty sure, because it's just like there's not really, I mean, I don't see the phone getting obliterated or anything. Although, hell, it could be falling out of his hand. He is gripping onto a, like a, you know, collapsing, like, you know, wall there. So he could have dropped it.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go for.
2: And then the big money shot at the end of the issue: the dun dun dun
0: yeah, giant demonoid Magnola monster,
2: huge demonoid, much like the one from the early flashback. So Is he similar? I think he's well, he's in scale at least,
0: right? You're dragging him straight to hell. <laughs> so it's
2: gonna be good. It's gonna be. I love that uh, the idea that there's just these like. Uh, Demonoids—they just look like the things from the covers of rock albums. Yep. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> well, they're like Balrog types.
2: Yeah, like busty, busty demon women. You know. Do
1: you actually know that you know Danzig's little skull symbol? Yes. That no. was taken from a comic. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, what was that Marvel? It was like a, a licensed character, like a Crystal guy. What was his name? Crystal. Yeah. Not Rom. No, it was like an action figure type guy from like the early 80s. Crystal Warriors? Something like that. But there's a cover, and I forget who drew it. I'll figure it out by next Fincast or something or in the forums. But Danzig lifted the skull off the cover, and it's like now Danzig's like logo. Way to go, Glenn. But he's a huge comic book fan. I didn't know that. But anyway, sorry, not he, to... Uh,
0: he, he's a death metal-like musician, right?
2: Nah,
1: he's more like heavy metal.
2: Heavy um,
0: metal? Death metal.
2: I thought he was like more like a ska or soul. <laughs> Get out of here.
0: <laughs> I don't know a lot about Danzig. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had a cameo on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force once. <laughs> That's all I know. You never
1: read... Uh, Glenn and Henry. You know, I, that was on the tip of my
2: tongue. I was like, should I even mention that? I do not know if it was going <laughs> to make you, like, yeah, be like... Bleh.
1: Henry and Glenn forever? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, no idea what you're talking about.
1: Craig. <laughs> Testify. Uh, it's just about uh, Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig, which are, like, the most hetero guys, but they make a comic out with them to be... Uh, homosexuals it's pretty funny though but they're really loving like and in it um like goofing on them because they're the most like they're both like pretty built guys back in the day and pretty macho like punk hardcore guys Danzig is most definitely the bitch danzig's known for like starting the misfits which is a horror punk band
0: okay i'm vaguely uh, aware of the misfits
1: and henry rollins is known for black flag which was another like hardcore
0: Okay, also slightly familiar with them. I'm not much into metal.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's from the cover of Crystar, Crystal Warrior. There's a skull on it. Damn, no wonder he felt okay just using Crystar, it. Crystar, Crystal Warrior number eight by Marvel. If you look in the background, there's this, like, demon skull.
0: That's, and, it was probably a licensed comic from Hasbro.
1: Yeah. Good lord. Obscure. Yep, yep. So anyway, now that I've totally derailed this. (laughs) Vanguard! Michael Golden was the artist.
0: (laughs) Speaking of obscure, Vanguard is back for another round.
1: (laughs) Hey, before we get into that, the letters page on this um, brought up two pretty interesting things. Um, On one of them, uh, Benny Hassa wrote in and asked about The Seeker, and Larson said that... uh, how do you put he said the seeker will eventually resurface promise so that's pretty cool that you know the seeker is going to come back to the pages of dragon at some point maybe we'll finally find out who it is the big issue
0: 300
1: (laughs) yeah and then um another uh person wrote in drew woodworth and uh mentioned something about like an artist edition for savage dragon like idw does uh and uh Larson says there's been talk about doing some kind of book reproduced directly from the original art, and chances are that will happen sometime next year. So, I'm sure you you'll love pretty it. Pretty big news.
2: Yeah, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Artist editions, because yeah, I don't know. When you see uh, Larson art big, if you've ever had that luxury, hey, it's just I don't know. It's pretty different. Like do an art book of 198. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> car car door sized book. <laughs>
1: yeah that'd be insane
2: because you think the artist edition are supposed to be one-to-one reproductions they are yeah i
1: have the kirby one uh for new gods and it's the biggest book i own it doesn't even fit in any of my
0: children's coloring
1: book it's it's just gigantic when i got it in the mail it was like the biggest package i've ever gotten in the mail it was like insane but anyway let's uh let's let's jump into uh to this vanguard backup because it's freaking awesome
0: it is pretty good. Um, <laughs> pick up, we pick up immediately after where the last issue left off with uh, all of the um, Tyrrhenian ships are failing because of the virus that's uh, left in the atmosphere.
1: We, uh, I thought the cool thing is we learned that you know on Vanguard's way home with him and his crew, they've kind of... Uh, Bumped into about a hundred or so Calyptons that they've Ye- rescued that are were like out in space, I guess.
0: Yeah, that seems like a big de- a, a big detail they forgot to mention last issue.
1: They did mention he's like, oh
2: my people. So like, I knew that the ships had their people, his people in them.
1: But yeah, I I uh, I love the second page of this backup. Like, I guess it's almost like a spread. But it's got all the different calyptons and they all have different uniforms and different looks. Like one guy's got like a, you know, robotic arm and eye and one guy's a little heavy set. Yeah, some have beards and they all have the different like, I don't know if they're tribal symbols or what, but I thought thought that was a nice touch.
2: I like this layout. I really like the like uh, way that it's not quite a double page spread, but
1: it's just cool. It's a good layout. Yeah, yeah, really is. So I mean I think the the, the gist of this backup is Barakis, surprise, surprise, is challenging Vanguard on his leadership role and
0: you know, I always knew that guy was a bad egg.
1: <laughs> blaming, you know, Vanguard's family for causing this whole mess with you know the mechs kind of taking resting control of the Calyptons and causing this genocide. And So, I don't know. I guess it's just more of a confrontation between Barack and, you know, I guess the Cliptons are standing behind him versus Vanguard and his kind of crazy crew.
0: Well, the Cliptons are kind of hard on Vanguard because he surrounds himself with aliens and has sort of drifted away from his roots. And so they don't trust him.
1: Yeah, I think because, you know, he's, he's big in cahoots with Wally, who's a Mac who they blame. You know the mechs for the big mess, right? And he's got Lurch, who's also kind of a robotic being.
0: And and Lurch is acting really weird. He he turned into his uh, into Vanguard's sister, Kazi, which was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I had actually forgotten that Lurch had absorbed her, so that they could find out uh, intelligent de- intelligence details. So right. it sort of kind of makes sense that she that you know how screwed up he is, she crops up.
1: Yeah, right. And I think that's kind of an ongoing. thing that we're going to see what's going like what's happening because he's absorbing all these people and seems to get locked into their personalities and traits i think the other big thing which you know some readers might not realize but um from the vanguard strange visitors uh, uh, miniseries from back in the 90s that Amuck, the big kind of hulk like guy with the, the green symbol right he was his race was a were enemies with the Cliptons.
0: Right, they were a slave race.
1: Right, right. So, I think that's also probably part of it, you know?
0: Like, he's
1: aligning himself with, with, you know, former foes or whatever.
2: So, Vanguard's clearly in the right with his multicultural ragtag team.
0: Of galactic guardians.
2: Yeah, (laughs) with his uh, group. We see a bunch of losers.
1: And Modem's really turned into kind of a cool hero from, like,
0: I still wouldn't call her a hero. She's definitely self-interest motivated, I think.
2: I like how every time you see Modem, though, she's, like, hugged up to someone.
1: But you think about this crew. Yeah, I mean, she's very, like, I hear what you're saying, Raven, like, always, like.
0: Well, you gotta remember Modem's background. She was a dumpy-looking woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until an accident turned her into what she is. I'm hot. <laughs> so she's probably really into her body. Yeah. I, I don't know.
2: I like
1: that progression. I like all of Vanguard's crew, though. Because you got Modem, who's kind of a former villain. Uh, you got Galen, who's not the nicest guy. He's kind of a. I don't know. He's kind of a moody dude. You got muck who's just kind of like a dumb Hulk. Kind of, you don't know. You know, he could turn on a dime and
0: I I, I trust him more than I trust modem
1: yeah I I, it's just his whole crew is kind of like a ragtag bunch of not necessarily heroes but just trying to survive
0: um so something else about this issue that kind of bugged me I went back and I checked uh with the last uh month's installment apparently Roxanne has gone missing right at no point did I see her go missing well, like, she, gets... she was there at the end of the last last issue.
1: Were her no, and no, Wally no. the ones they got they, zapped. Like,
0: they got yeah, they vanished. And like, they got
2: Van- yeah, they are... got
0: like beamed away. I'm, I'm double checking that. Away. I don't recall them being zapped away. I'm like nine. Yeah, oh, been... oh, 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 okay. Nine, All right, nine... now I'm seeing it. I guess I glossed over it.
2: But Vanguard doesn't really have time to worry about that and because the ships are crashing, you guys to rescue them. Then there's this mutiny, like, instantly. So, like, he just doesn't really even have time to... I
0: think what confused me was that uh, Vanguard uses a teleportation device and, uh, yeah, Roxanne and Wally disappear, but it they, they shows the same flash on Vanguard, so I thought they all went together. Yeah, it just shows Vanguard being like, "Where'd they go? I can't find them anywhere." Right. Okay. Now I see it. Okay. I don't know how I missed that in the second read. Ah, well. <laughs> so that that mystery solved. Moving on.
2: Well, you always have funnies are always a welcome sight. I love them. I love their this is gold, gold, gold. And yeah, yeah. Vampire snack time wins my heart. Scabs. It's funny. It's just funny.
1: eating a vampire eating a bag of scabs. It's hilarious that fourth panel, really.
0: <laughs> uh, it's really into him.
2: Yeah, I've even come around on Night Watchman.
0: <laughs> I, I still can't tell if it's being uh, self if it's self parody or not.
1: It's it's good either way. Night Watchman is just running. I, I think they just need we need to see Night Watchman already. It's, <laughs> it's a little slow. It is surprising that he's not slow cook.
0: there. It's Rex Morgan. Oh Jesus. <laughs>
2: It's hard, well, you know what's very hard for it is the the monthly pace, like for everything else, it's one off one panel, you know, one gag, misery loves Sherman, you know it's like the gag is in those four panels to do right, a continuing right. strip from month to month, that's hard
0: i mean if well, it
1: was- I mean these Go ahead, sorry. Weekly
0: would be ideal. Right,
1: right, right. And I think this is like the Night Watchman. This one feels like one of those Sunday strips yeah. that you had, like, the black and white weekly to, to go along with it. So it's not as slow, you know? Or daily black and white, I meant. You know, Crime, cook. <laughs>
0: It's, uh, so. it, it doesn't make any sense. It's got dynamite in the cake, but it's also <laughs> ticking, and he still manages to put it out with a glass of water. I love it. I love and it. there's still a pie, a pie mechanism inside the cake.
1: So why is the dynamite ticking?
0: <laughs> That's what's so good. <laughs> it's, like I said, I can't tell if it's p- playing itself straight or not.
2: No, there's no way. There's no way. There has to be tongue-in-cheek. Your death day cake. <laughs>
0: I mean, no. I mean, it's making the jokes, but it's also, like I said, it, it reminds me heavily of like.
1: I think it's going for that Silver Age. Or yeah,
0: it, it's going for, for that vibe. Yeah. I can't really describe what I'm trying to say, but like it's like it, it it's like unintentionally descending into self-parody.
2: <laughs> you think it's unintentional,
0: right?
1: I think it's intentional.
0: I don't know. So, I I, I kind of like it now, just because of how goofy it is.
2: Well, I guess I'm still was, on the fence. I guess that was one ninety eight in a nutshell, and uh, you know, in the interest of uh, keeping things rolling along, you, you guys ready to talk movie?
0: Let's rock talk. Yeah, movie. So
2: I'm against. I think
0: it. Well, Eric oh, is. I think. From what I've been able to piece together from what Erica said, uh, the movie's going to cover the initial dragon versus overlord conflict. You know, presumably it's going to be dragon wakes up in a burning field, runs into the uh, the vicious circle goons. You know, they don't like him very much. Uh, they'll attempt to take out overlord and get absolutely crushed. And I wonder if they'll do the, the 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 spire impalement.
2: That would be the craziest ending for a movie.
0: Well, no, I think that would be ever. a good second act end act break
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: have him get impaled and then i can't remember but did does he get found by um cutthroat and hellraiser and then get the shit kicked out of him
1: yes he all pulls right. himself off the spire lands in the snow and it's like a bunch of dogs come or something
0: yeah basically he gets he gets all of his well isn't that also the part where he gets caught by debbie or mother and thrown into a, a smokestack
1: yeah, after he's all like beat, beat up, up right. I th- him up.
0: I don't believe Eric's going to do anything with the fiend in this movie. So, I think he could just get beaten up to the point where they still have to break all of his bones.
1: What do you What do you guys think about? Um, I know Eric kind of, I think in his Twitter or Facebook said, you know, skip over the origin. Sometimes you just don't need origin. What do you feel about that? Like, I, I if you're going to see a dragon movie, you know nothing about dragon. W-
0: we didn't need an origin for fifteen years, mm-hmm. so the movie-going public doesn't need an origin. I don't believe.
1: Can can I tell you guys how I would play it? All right, I, I put a lot of thought into this. That's what this section's would, about. Post-credit scene. I would change Dragon's origin, I, not very much, but a little bit. Okay. I I would not make him an emperor of the Krylins. I would make him a Krylan still, but what I would do is uh, make him like a notorious Krylin criminal. So that way he's a criminal. He's the worst of the worst. And then on the flip side, he becomes a cop. Uh,
0: so I think this is make no mention of the Krylins at all and just run it like the original series did have him just wake up in a burning field and uh-huh. that's his origin.
1: But well, this is how I would play it. Cause I, I wrote it out for you guys. <laughs> I would give it about two minutes of origin time in, in the opening. Okay. And what well, I would do can't, is you
0: can't. You can't. You have to start the movie dragging it in a Burning Field. That's the iconic shot. You can't
1: do it. I don't it. know. I don't agree you. with that. I don't agree with that. I you can't do it. <laughs> let you me just go. let me just go through it. You could still disagree. Let me go through it. Okay. Right be, right before the opening credits, you know, the movie starts, shows a chained up cur in front of a crying judge. Uh, you know, it's very alien. Uh, they're not on a spaceship or anything like that. Judge is reading his rap sheet. You know, uh, It's an insane list of theft, murder, battery, whatever. It's in an alien language, so you just see the subtitles. And he's handing him a sentence. And we know the Kryolan's a kind of pacifist. So he gets the worst sentence he could get. It's a mind wipe and extradition to a remote primitive planet. Okay, so that little scene, whatever, how many, you know, make it two minutes or whatever. And then cuts to the credits where... You just have, you know, the music playing over credits and as a montage of events going on, showing a Krylon engineer, you know, using a computer and selecting Earth as a planet, show them setting up the equipment and clearing, you know, Kerr's memory and pumping Earth radio and TV feeds into his head, uh, showing, you know, and even those feeds might show like vicious circle acts on the news or something like that, and then show him get loaded into a small ship and, you know, uh, rocket it out into light speed. Next montage kind of just shows it coming in fr- from light speed and and into like right around the Earth's uh, space. Flash of light engulfs Kerr, and it implies that he's getting beamed down to Earth. Opening credits end. Nothing. Now and I know I think you don't it's disagree. All
0: completely unnecessary.
1: Now, skip to you know after the opening credits. Now it's a TV broadcast a reporter discussing you know a threat of the vicious circle and, you know, you know, Chicago just becoming a dump zooms out of the, 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 uh, you know, the broadcast and you see it's a TV mounted to the wall on the the Chicago police station can have like Frank and Alex and William Johnson or whatever looking all beat up and worn out. And then a call comes in about a burning field in a bot, you know, a possible body where they rush off. That's how I envision it. I know it sounds like you disagree or whatever, no. and I'm sure a lot of people disagree, but I feel like if people that don't know Dragon, they need some kind of origin. I know I, Eric hates it and stuff like I think that.
0: But. Or, or, Dragon's origin is he's found with amnesia in a burning field. That's literally all you need to do Dragon. You don't need to know where he came from or why. It's unnecessary information. If I was going to do an opening, I would do a close-up with like a flame you know, fire, and then I would do the credit sequence with various shots of the field on fire. And then when the credits end, you start the camera like really close up on Dragon's face, and then you slowly pan out so you see him in the fetal position in the burning field. And then you see the cops, Frank and the other cops, arriving, and you cut immediately to the hospital scene. Right. That's how I do it.
1: I don't know. I just feel like there's got to be something that makes him stand out. Like, he was, make him like the worst of the, like, show that he was a villain, and now, you know, with his mind wiped, he's like
0: a hero. I don't know. I think that information For me, is only important if you did like, if we were into like the third movie and he did an adaption of Emperor Kerr, then you do the origin story to uh, set it up.
1: Yeah.
2: My two cents, I think that unless you're going to have space. Somehow, play a part in the movie itself, right? Or who he was before his mind was wiped be a part of the movie itself. I think for the movie to be thematically all on one thing, I think it's probably better. I'd see where you're coming from, Craig, and I do think that if they want to do the origin, I think it's tough. It's a tough call because you got. You know, Joe Blow expects his first superhero movie to have an origin. That's just what they expect. Even even Hellboy, you know, who's not much of a superhero, Hellboy's first movie had an origin. And I think that that really helps people understand a character. I think they want it.
0: But that origin comes straight out of the first Hellboy story.
2: Well, that, I mean, that's what it's I'm saying. it's a little bit
0: more embellished, but it's there.
2: That's what I'm saying, though, is it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it is tough. Because for me, Dragon had an anti-Origin, which, in, you know, at, at the time, Wolverine was one of the few characters who had an anti-Origin. Oh, you just didn't know his past. It seems like then after a while, there was a ton of dudes who, oh, you just don't know his past. Dragons not knowing his past, it never stopped me from enjoying the character. So I think... It's possible to have it be like, oh, you know, because it could be it was part of his character initially is he just wanted to know, you know, what his deal was or where he came from or whatever else. I mean, he comes out of the scene. There's freaks everywhere. But for some reason, he's just kicking ass, freak ass. So even amongst freaks, if you write him off as just another freak, for some reason, he's got this X factor that makes him better. Right. It's interesting. But at the same time. I don't really know. I guess I'll just be the I don't know side of the fence because I think Joe Blow Public needs an origin, and I think like Craig said, you could knock it out in two minutes and be done with it.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I'd say if you want, if you have to do, if you want, if you have to put in some origin nugget, cut it like I said, and then at the after credits, toss it in as a way to like pull the rug out from under your audience. Go, oh, he was an alien the whole time. How weird is that?
2: I think that could work. I mean, it's one of the things, why not just marry the ideas and like, I don't know.
0: I just, I don't think the movie can start with anything else except Burning Field. Not <laughs> think. You literally cannot do anything else. That is the iconic money shot. The entire movie, the entire franchise is built around. It always comes <laughs> back to that Burning Field every single time.
2: It is true that it's an iconic shot for this character. I do also think that part of the character not knowing where he's from. I think it's, it's rough. Cause for me, dragon, not knowing his place in the world and wondering where he's from and stuff. If we, as the audience know where he's from and his right. place and it never goes anywhere, I think it kind of changes the dynamic of his trying to find a place a little bit. Right. I mean, the far as, okay, here's the thing, like narrative wise, if that is his character and initially it was, and he finds his place as like a on the street, you know, police officer or whatever storyline-wise, you're going to have to somehow, if you're going to throw that intro out there, you're going to have to throw a bone back to the audience so that they can have some sort of closure. Like
0: Right. And then you can tease it through the whole movie where Dragon's trying to find out its origins, but he never really finds it. And then you throw the after credits on to the audience so they have closure.
2: I tell you, I'm hot and bothered over this PG-13 thing.
0: <laughs>
2: I got to say. How are
0: we going to see any dongs? I <laughs>
2: My whole thing is this <laughs> – dongs. My whole thing is this. It's like, OK, even if you cut out bad language and naughtiness, cool. Well,
0: you, well, well, Guardians of the Galaxy taught us you can say shit like 50 times.
2: I was impressed. I was surprised they said shit. They said bitch. Whore. So,
0: how many times can we get away with saying Jesus?
1: Is your argument that – you would you want to see it
0: rated R? Oh, most definitely.
1: I absolutely want to see it rated
0: right R. you got to see those fists go through the heads. I, want, heads. Mm-hmm.
2: I tell you, here's my thing. I'm going to take you back to when I was a first-time reader. I'm flipping through Savage Dragon the first time. The thing that flipped my shit, that let me know I had something special, something different.
0: That I can't tell your parents about.
2: Here was a book that had the balls to portray superhero antics in a realistic fashion. Meaning to say that... When, you know, think of even all the Marvel movies that have happened so far. Largely bloodless. They fought an alien invasion, and yeah, the aliens bled, but it's not red blood. They're about to fight an army of Ultron robots in the second movie. That's going to be a largely bloodless movie. I'm saying that when Savage Dragon hits the screen, if you don't have Cutthroat and, you know, what was the other guy, Razor, Kill Razor, whatever? Yeah,
0: Hellraiser. Hellraiser.
2: If you don't have Cutthroat and Hellraiser... You know,
0: slashing the shit out of dragon,
2: dragon, passing out in a thing full of blood. And I just like that shit. Let me know that the stakes were high. This is a really horrible situation that this character is in. These guys don't punch you in the face and laugh and run away. You know, "Ah, You, you haven't stopped me this time. I don't
1: know. I'm just saying, like, it's amazing how I see what you're saying, but I just don't see how studios. Are gonna go for it. Like I would rather see an R movie, but when you think about merchandising and all the other trends of superhero movies, I find it probably I impossible. I hate to bring it up
0: again, but Dread 3D did it.
1: Yeah, but that's. Di- I think it's totally different. It's he's not like a he's superhero. An action hero.
0: Like. He kills people. I'm
1: but it, how did it do in the theater?
0: Well. <laughs> it's been doing absolute gangbusters on home video
2: here's the here's the thing I realize that studios have lost their balls. TV is where the gritty content comes from and that movie studios don't do that.
0: Fuck yeah, AMC and HBO put them all to shame.
2: Bingo. And it didn't used to be that way. The small screen didn't used to be where you got your gritty real content. It used to be the silver screen. Now, it's the reverse. I get that that's the way it is. But you want to talk about, I think, a crazy move. Somebody mentioned the difference between a budget for Super versus a budget for like Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. That's true, but you want to stand out from the crowd. Marvel already has the market cornered on large, mass appeal, bloodless, you know, superhero antics. I think you want to fucking really toss the dice, go the other way, shoot for that R rating, not for anything language or sex wise, just do the violence right. Do the violence right, and I think that it will really have that impact with people. This isn't like your Green Goblin cackling over Aunt May. Say it!
0: <laughs> you know,
2: it's just... Oh, just I'm not down on that.
0: But I I'm don't... Saying, I gotcha. think you're on the right track.
2: I'm just saying, you want to stand out from the crowd, not blend
1: in, when you're trying to make an impression.
0: Real quick, Craig, you gotta go?
1: Yeah, but in the in- interest of time, let's talk about just casting real quick. Yeah, you guys we'll have any casting
0: up. ideas? I have no idea who should play Dragon. Everybody who could have done it 20 years ago is old or dead.
1: I say – and it probably wouldn't happen because he's kind of in too many things now with Mad Max and everything and Bane. But Tom Hardy has uh, got the build uh, and kind of got like the the look I think that that could pass for – uh,
0: Let's see what he does in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Then I'll get back to you.
1: Dwayne uh, Also Jones. the other guy. Who? Yeah, I could see that. Dwayne.
0: Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The Rock. No, well, let's see how he does his Black Adam.
2: He's funny and he's buff.
0: Uh, i don't know I, I think he's i think he's he could do it but i, I my worry is are gonna it'll be batista
2: no that's no. Not case
0: scenario. he can't act not he handsome
2: act. rock is handsome
0: yes but he's suddenly his uh his stock has gone up a lot since guardians of the galaxy so
1: i yeah but he can't act good enough to he's carry not I, I
0: agree that's what i'm saying he's probably not he's not the good choice but I almost fear that if this got greenlit tomorrow, he'd be our dragon.
1: Ooh. I think you need well, to have someone with acting chops that can be a witty, kind of wisecracking, convincing. Dwayne dude. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: if you so want it. a wrestler, I want Mako to be Ryback.
1: Ryback <laughs> I don't even know who that is.
0: He's he's a current WWE wrestler. He's got like the physical body build for Mako. You just CG a shark head and some bigger shoulders on him. And he he moves like Mako does. He behaves like Mako does. What about uh? What
1: about Overlord?
0: Well, he could be anybody. You can get you get a, like you get like a older. I
1: disagree. Actor. Oh. I, I think you go for uh one of those mafia type actors like a Frank Vincent, someone older, uh, William Forsyth or something like that. I'm gonna you get gotta, crazier. I'm gonna say pure CG
2: and get some awesome voice in there like Pacino or something.
1: Yeah, I
0: well, that's don't know. What I was thinking, yeah, do a mo-cap suit, maybe do some practical effects when, well, he never takes the mask off, but close-up shots with the eyes. Yeah, you, but yeah. You but just I bet you a in really a movie
1: like this, they'd get a good actor and probably take the mask off. Yeah. Well, there's, there's your problem, is that,
2: so in that case, you could go – But I don't
1: think it's a problem. I think, like, like comic book fans always get so in a huff about people taking their masks off. I hate I think it. Dread, okay, <laughs> is fine because Dread never Carl takes – Karl
0: Urban it. is, like, the greatest actor just for that alone.
1: But I think, you know, when you got a good actor, you have to see facial expressions. You have to – I mean – But But – but you know, Eric most of your audience that. are not comic book readers.
0: Right, but there Eric does, does that with the Overlord armor where you can see the crazy eyes right through the masks. So but you, you won't be able to see that in a movie. You do a few close-up shots of the crazy eyes, <laughs> and we get shot in the mouth.
2: Well, any other know. casting decisions you guys want to throw out there? We know the ladies he confirmed were in the film. Any ideas on them?
0: Well, I've suddenly got thinking maybe uh, Zoe uh, Sladina would be a good rapture. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can see that.
0: You know who that is, right, Raven? No. Oh, that she's the one who plays Ahura uh, in Star Trek, and she was. Oh in yeah. Gamera. I just realized that she was Gamera in Guardians of the Galaxy. I actually did not realize that until like literally ten minutes ago. She's yeah. smexy. Yeah.
1: I'd say uh, Alex, Ava uh, Mendes, or uh, Michelle
0: Rodriguez. Well, those are the easy choices. Yeah. Because they're the they're the Hispanic.
1: What would you say for Frank? Ooh, <laughs> God, that's hard. Carl Winslow. I would have said Danny Glover, but now I think he's too old. Yeah. Carl I think you could go with somebody that might not look like him comic-wise and say, like, Lawrence Fishburne or Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I would like that.
0: I don't know. They're I think they're a little bit – I don't know. I don't want to say they're too biggest stars to play the role.
2: Well, Frank yeah. needs to be a really commanding presence. He's a father figure in those early days. Right. So he's really got to be – I mean he steers this guy that could be another destructive force towards good. So you really need somebody who's going to bring it as an actor.
0: James Earl Jones. <laughs> uh, and maybe as Captain old, uh... Stewart. <laughs> Get down in that
2: hole, Frank Jr. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, uh, should we just wrap this up then?
0: It's probably a good idea.
1: Let's do it.
2: Savage Dragon 199. Malcolm Dragons transformed into a hideous
0: freak. He... Ponk. You read the wrong one. What <laughs> he sent you an updated email.
2: No, when? <laughs> he said wrong. <laughs> he <just> said wrong. <laughs> I thought that that sounded like issue 197, but I was just rolling. (laughs) Updated. Okay. Dick in balls. My God. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Savage Dragon 199. Countdown to issue 200 reaches its penultimate issue. Malcolm Dragon tackles the deadly Demonoids. It's an all-out underworld war as the Lava Lords, Ant Menaces, and Demonoids battle it out for world domination. And whoever wins, we lose. The surface world is on fire, and the son of Savage Dragon is in over his head.
0: Pentultimate?
2: Pentultimate.
0: Yeah, I think you threw a T in there.
2: It is my Pentultimate issue. (laughs) I gotta say... This one's going to be all splashes.
0: It's going to be all double page splashes. Oh, just yeah. to clarify.
2: Sweet. like I will,
0: I will be very curious as to what he does with that. If they're all going to be actual splashes or if he's going to do really interesting like movement through big panels.
2: Oh, I'm excited. I can't time wait. Tell. I can't wait. I'm excited. It is. Yes. 200 right around the corner.
0: Yeah, we're going to have it by November. Well, wait, it's September. Yeah, we might have 200 by November.
1: Guys, it sounds like all the backups are pretty much done or close to it. I know people have been working on it for a while, so
2: I you know what, I can't wait. I can't wait to see all the people who suddenly pour out of the woodwork saying, "Oh shit, you know what? Guys, I'm starting this right now." Listeners, please, I'm going to start a trend. I want this to happen. So just uh, it's never too soon to mention it. When Savage Dragon 200 comes out, let's try to get a uh, Twitter trend going with the hashtag. I was thinking SD200.
0: That's short enough for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah? So, I mean, I'm going to mention it again. You know, we've got one more podcast. I'm going to have it up on Dragon Fan. But I would love when that issue hits for that uh, hashtag to trend. So
1: that would be pretty sweet.
2: Please help us make that happen. Whenever the issue hits, obviously.
0: Hashtag, hashtag.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That was my thought. Cool.
0: So that's a wrap, huh? That's a wrap.
2: Gentlemen, a pleasure as Thanks always. For
0: listening.
1: It was a swell time. <laughs> it was a smashing <laughs> time. Uh. <laughs> but all times must come to an end. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. All right. Thank you.
0: The Savage Fincast is a member of the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is part of the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicspodcast.com. Also, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash savagefincast.